fire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. I'm Conowin, and I am thrilled to be here. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. For Scorpio season. Yeah. <laughs> I have been learning so much about my, I, I'm a Scorpio ascending, and I've never Art. really played around with the big threes until you and Teresa Reed. And now I'm part of the Chani app. Do you know what that is? I've not heard of that, actually. She actually gives you horoscopes for your rising sign rather than your sun sign. Hmm. So I'm getting to know a lot about being a Scorpio-ish kind of person. I'm excited to hear this. Can I tell you a big secret that like, yeah. may blow some people's minds listening and may help? So when you look up horoscopes, like your sun sign horoscope in any magazine, don't read your sun sign. Read your rising sign because that's how they're all written. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> they're all written yeah. that way. And that's because you don't know what house your sun sign is in. Like if I'm just reading somebody cold and I don't have their birth time. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I take their energy, say I'm working with a Virgo and their sun is in Virgo. I'm going to read a Virgo horoscope by putting their sun on the ascendant or the rising. And then say the energy is happening in Gemini, which it will be later this month. There's a lot of energy happening in Gemini. So I'll take a Virgo ascendant find out where all the Gemini energy is and take the horoscope from that house. So if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the ninth house. No, that's, that would be the 10th house. I believe I might be getting that wrong. I might be getting the backwards. Wow. Um, but anyway, so I believe so like that would be a lot of energy in their career. So my sun sign horoscope for Virgo would be something along the lines of if you're going to have a lot of activity in your career. You might be stepping forward or stepping back that kind of thing. And that's how the horoscope's actually written. So it's better if you know your rising sign, which you need to know your birth time in order to know your rising sign, or at least your approximation. Don't read sun sign horoscopes as sun signs. Read them as your rising sign. It will be far more accurate. Because you'll relate on some level as a sun sign. But truthfully, it's it's written from the perspective of a rising sign, because that's how we calculate the houses. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. My Scorpio's in Pluto. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it means y'all are intense and hi, welcome to the club. <laughs> Listen, hey, shush. Hey, I'm the same. I, I'm there. Hi, Scorpio, Pluto, here we are. And Dead Eye, I believe you're Scorpio and Virgo, but you might be Libra. I can't remember. I'm going to yeah, look. I, I could look up, but I have it right here. But anyway, that's just a big... Yeah. piece of advice. And I'm glad that your horoscope app is telling you to read your rising sign because yes, that's how you should be reading it. So just yeah, wanted to throw yeah. that out there. <laughs> we'll talk off air sometime soon. Oh, I can't wait. Oh my goodness. Cool. Well, I hope everyone's going to be reading their horoscopes because uh, a lot of my advice today is going back to spirit and connecting with the universe. And however you choose to do that, the way I do that is through astrology and connecting my astrology. That's going to be kind of critical. We have a very, very intense Scorpio season coming up. I would argue this is likely the most intense season of the year, which is only appropriate for Scorpios. But this is kind of a whole nother level. Uh, teaser, it's because we're in eclipse season. Hello, welcome to eclipse uh, season. <laughs> 
but I think both my hosts like did a, an internal face palm. One of them did a real face palm. <laughs> so. You said hosts, and I know you said hosts. I did. I swear to God, I thought you said both my hoes, <laughs> and I was like, yes. Hey, that's cool. It's Scorpio season. That's Let's roll on it. the energy I want going into this afternoon. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes, however you identify, that's what you are. <laughs> Take my words and do whatever you want. Hilarious. That's great. <laughs> so on that note, should I begin? <laughs> Should we jump into this? Go for it. Murky, wa- the murky waters of mystery and passion and obsession. I will pause for certain points. Hopefully everyone can catch their breath because I know I talk fast. Although, forgive me, I'm a little under the weather, so I sound a little stuffy. Uh, so I will need breaks. So here we go. Going in doses. To start off with, we're actually going to rewind. I just want to set the stage a little bit what's been going on. So on October 3rd, Mercury station direct at 24 degrees Virgo and hallelujah for that. That was great. October 8th, Pluto station direct at 26 degrees Capricorn and October 22nd. So the day before Scorpio season starts, Saturn will station direct at 18 degrees Aquarius. When we think about planets going direct, they're no longer in retrograde. They're moving forward, right? I think it's easy to think, oh, they're just moving forward now. They just stop and then like continue. You have to remember, especially these further out planets like Pluto and Saturn, when they station, it's really a stationing still. There's a stillness there. And whenever a planet, especially the further out the planet is, when it sits still, it really pulls in lots of power. So we're dealing with a lot of very heavy hitters and a lot of power calling into question things that are are Plutonic ideas. So shame, our guilt, Saturn, right? That's going to be our commitments, our self-discipline and the lies, how we, what we tell ourselves to feel better about ourselves. Mercury is our thoughts and our communication. So when these planets stand still, it's almost a more powerful and possibly jarring time than when they're actually retrograde. Because while they're retrograde, they're at least moving through the planetary transits. When they're stationing still, they're just like at a power place. Think that like part of the pendulum as it comes up and it's at that standstill and then it continues. You're likely to feel a lot of this like, oh, we're about to move forward. Things are really tense or like uh, almost a holding of your breath like <gasps> we're at this place. So with Saturn stationing direct right before Scorpio season, that may be another theme coming up. And right now as we're recording this, Pluto is stationing direct. So Pluto being the furthest out planet is a lot of power. And Pluto is also our planetary ruler for Scorpio season. So now as Pluto is going to move forward, we're looking at a very slow moving big power player, not just for the season, but for the United States of America right now, we're looking at our Pluto return. I've been talking about this all year. It is a big, big deal. And now the tides are turning, we're shifting forward again. So we're going to see lots of development here. It's going to move slowly forward while the other ruler of Scorpio, the traditional ruler, Mars, is going to go to a stop. So instead of going direct, it's going to move retrograde. One planetary ruler going forward and one going backward. (laughs) And it's going to feel a bit like that. Like we're slowly able to take a step forward and we have to move backwards, slowly forward, move backward. It's kind of frustrating. (laughs) And especially because we're looking at some really big moments this season with the eclipses. So things are going to feel intense. They're going to feel weighted. Our decisions are going to feel likely more important than ever. 
And so with all of this power and everything, while it's going to emphasize things like passion coming from Mars and empowerment from Pluto. So that's going to bring more enthusiasm, more action, more movement, more sex, if that's what you're into, more control of your own life, or at least trying to grip for control. It also can see a rise in obsession, possessiveness, jealousy, fighting, secrecy, wars, aggression, that kind of energy as well. So I, you guys know I am not a doom and gloom astrologer, but I'm just reading what I'm seeing here. So I'm going to try to give everyone some ways to get through this season because we have these big power plays happening all at this time. But I want to just like warn you that you're going to either be swept up in this or you may be a witness to this. And like I said, I've got some ways on how to cope with that in a way that you can feel secure and safe (laughs) during this time. But we have a lot we're going to. It's no less than eclipse seasons. That's to start off our Scorpio season on October 23rd at 3.36 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> I'll go ahead and take a moment if you two have any uh, any ideas, thoughts on that. Because, wow. Yeah, I know. Just sounds like a lot. <laughs> it feels like what's been going on, that tug of war, a little bit forward, a little bit back. You know, just that almost equal stuff that's going on in our government anyway. And in a couple other governments as well. I honestly think that like, at least on a personal level, so much is happening in the world right now. There are so many power plays happening that it's hard to even like put your mind on that where like you can't even really conceptualize like the amount of violence happening, the amount of war and strife and aggression happening and just like uncertainty. Like I'm just, I feel like sometimes like I'm just drowning in uncertainty and it's easier to just put it all away. And that might be kind of a theme other people are feeling because Neptune's kind of in the mix Mm -hmm. here too. Uh, But it's just, it's like so big. I can't even comprehend it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It is really huge, especially with what's going on with Putin and oh, and Iran and like everything, you yeah. know, every every place, yeah, Italy, yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah. I think Oof. we'll see okay, a lot we more. Go. We'll see a lot more than just this on a United States stage. But of course, as you guys know, I'm going to be talking about the Pluto return for the United States because it is a big deal and because we are in Pluto season. Uh, but this really expe- extends beyond just the United States. Obviously, we're seeing a lot in the world right now. This is just mm-hmm. our perspective from us sitting here in the United States. What's interesting about Scorpio season, kind of a fun thing, is back in Libra season, we started off with a Mercury Kazemi on the start of Libra season, where Mercury and the sun were together, like right together, almost by the minute. And that is when the sun obliterates Mercury's energy with its light. Well, we're starting Scorpio season off with a Venus Kazemi. So Venus and the sun are together. And that is the sun eclipsing the light of Venus and Venus having a very definite flavor into the whole season. In fact, I really see Venus's energy throughout all of this and how we can use it. So it's interlo- we're interlinked with each other in relationship. I think relationships are really going to be at a forefront here. It's a time to be a little bit more shrewd, to find things more beautiful. I think there will be a focus on the beauty of the decay of this part of the season, at least up here in the Northern Hemisphere for fall. I don't know about you guys, but like fall has been already so beautiful. And we talk about this a lot with Libra season because that's a real changing. But I think that there's a beauty in the decay and in the death and reconstruction of nature, like as things are dying. I don't know. Personally, that's how I feel. 
And I think Venus is going to be calling to light some beautiful things that will be arising for us. And hopefully we'll be able to find the beauty in all this chaos. It's a time really where we can be magnetic and mysterious, have an allure to us without leaving too much away. Because Scorpio is, of course, secrets. And then it might add a bit of a jealousy flavor to the season because Venus can be a little bit possessive and obsessive, especially when she's in Scorpio. Venus is really interlinked with a lot. And we start off with this Kazemi. We also have a beautiful trine between Mercury and Saturn. So our our thoughts and our ideas have a real structure to them. We're willing to work on something to make something new and innovative because it's in that air sign. So using our logic, our rational mind to come up with something innovative for the future. However, Mars will be square Neptune at the start of the season and throughout the entire season. So this is really a time to watch out for delusional ideas, uh, little action being done around dreams. So people being like, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then nothing gets done, nothing happens. Or action that's happening, taking place that is based around lies, drama, oversensitivity, delusions, right? So Neptune squaring Mars is a real kind of shady, like, you know, or, or just disappointingly like, wow, you are so full of talking and and no actual doing because Neptune makes everything hazy and difficult to understand and Mars just wants to get things done. So you put the two together in square aspect and there's tension there where stuff isn't happening the way it should or stuff is happening that's un- like not fair, not okay. And then Saturn and Uranus will be continuing their square throughout all the season. We had the peak of that energy last season in Libra season, but we are still dealing with that square. They're still a degree away from each other moving very slowly because Saturn will be moving direct and Uranus is moving retrograde. This is that old versus new revolution versus tradition energy we've been dealing with for all the last year. And it's slowly starting to separate, but it really informs a lot of this season. And that's just the first day of the first chart, (laughs) you know, with Pluto um, moving very slowly forward and working with that Mars like I talked about. So some advice for this is while you're moving through this time, try to be more of a strategist. Stand back, right? Scorpio is the general in the war, like Aries energy, that Mars energy that's up front, that's the soldier in the front lines. But Scorpio, also ruled by Mars, stands back and looks at the bigger picture, looks at the map and makes the strategic move. They're the sniper, they're further away from it, and they're able to make that kill shot. By stepping back and trying to see a bigger picture of what's going on, instead of getting wrapped up in drama, in jealousy, in in issues that are you know, a little bit mundane, but may feel like really important because we're going to feel passionate right now. If you can separate yourself from that and even kind of go nocturnal, like the moon right now is, is going to be moving through all of these planets. It's going to touch each one of these stories. And I really think looking at the charts for the entire season, the moon is kind of a place where we can ground ourselves in reality and in our connection with the divine, with the universe. And so paying attention to the moon, paying attention to caring for ourselves, nurturing ourselves, and to stepping back and just realizing like watching it all play out on the stage. So get curious about it versus like reacting passionately to everything because you will wear yourself out and try to reflect and connect with spirit as much as possible and ground yourself in this time. It's going to feel very watery. Scorpio is a water sign after all. Trying to find your footing in that ocean, right? Try to use the moon when you can and ground through this season. (laughs) Wow. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I got no input that is, you know, not just, oh gosh. (laughs) 
So, on the subject of the moon, let's talk about our first uh, bit of the lunation cycle, which is the Scorpio two degrees solar eclipse on October 25th, 4 a.m. And I heard somewhere that this is actually Samhain proper. So, wow, what an incredible like moon to have on actual Samhain that will be celebrated. I think that's a, a Scorpio solar eclipse is so powerful. So, that to me was incredible when I heard that. I, th- I think that's really cool. Don't quote me on that in case I'm wrong. I tried to look it up and I couldn't find a source, but I follow a there, druid out of Scotland and she mentioned that. So that was kind of cool. Oh, did she? Because I follow some Irish and they say it's November 6th or 7th. Oh, interesting. Calendar wise <laughs> that it falls. I know. Isn't So now I want to go and see what they're saying this year. Yeah. But it does change. Right. So Yes. So either and it may be I, I don't know, maybe it's um, based on the practice of, of whatever they're practicing. So and if it's yeah. around November 6th or 7th, then hey, it's right in time for the lunar eclipse happening later. But let's go ahead and jump into this solar eclipse because wow, oof, I have oof written in my notes. So An eclipse is always tied to the nodes of fate. That's why they are so powerful. So these are fated decisions during this time. I really encourage you, especially now that eclipse season has started, if you get an idea that kind of feels like it dropped out of the universe, it's a sign. Hold on to it. It may not be something that develops right away, but it is something that is important. Some of the ideas I've had during eclipses have literally turned into my business, turned into like huge, huge things that have led to like major decisions in my life and brought me relationships that I never knew were possible. So take account, take a journal if you can of any ideas or inspirations that you're getting during this time because they are faded. They are here to help you on your soul's journey. And so there are big consequences for what you may wish for. This is why it's a be careful what you wish for time. But I do want to give you guys some uh, options for working with this new moon if you want to. If you're a little afraid or timid around that eclipse energy, just wait a couple of days. That new moon's happening at two degrees. So it's going to last in Scorpio for two to three days. And that eclipse energy will have dissipated a bit by then. So you won't have as much intensity. But that note is really going to be informing a lot of our decisions around this time. So it's really important if you have a natal chart, take a look at where two degrees Scorpio is in. That will be where the new moon is happening. And also in general, look at what houses are ruled by Scorpio and by Taurus in your chart, because these houses have held the nodes of fate all year. So these are big, big transitional points in the chart. They are no less than Scorpio, one of the deepest signs and Taurus, one of the most grounded divine signs in the Zodiac. So it's a really, really potent, important time to know where those placements are in your chart. So personally, I'll bring up mine first, just because they're kind of tied in with the signs, but Scorpio rules my eighth house and Taurus rules my second house. So this is around my self-worth and value as well as around death and transformation for me, very Scorpionic and Taurus-like, right? And so that new moon for me is happening in my house of death and transformation and endings and all sorts of other things like sex and like other people's money. So there's a lot of ways I can take that, right? And Corey, yours is happening that Scorpio new moon's happening in your first house that is in the house of your body, that's of yourself, that's of you, right? And the sun will be over in your seventh house. And that's where that lunar eclipse will be happening later. Oh, excuse me. The sun is still in your first house. The lunar eclipse will be happening in your seventh house of relationships. The nodes have been moving through these two houses. So the you and the, or rather the me house and the us house for you have been really affected all year by these nodes. 
I'm t- my Taurus is in my moon. So, yes, I don't know if that. So the note has gone over your moon, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember. Well, I can probably pull that up. Yeah. It's I mean, I think you would agree. And I think a lot of people are like who have a Taurus moon right now are really feeling the intensity of these nodes happening because this is a yeah. big transitional year. Just pulling up your chart here. Actually. Yeah. So you had the node cross over it um, a little while back. So. Some of that intensity has come off, but that lunar eclipse is pretty close to it. So you might have some re- like resurgence of things happening during that eclipse that you were dealing with a few months ago, right? And so the mm-hmm. nodes will be around, I believe, 14, and your moon is at 23. So it happened a while back because the nodes move in reverse. A little confusing, but... Uh, yes, your moon is in Taurus and you did have a node go over your moon, and that's a big deal. <laughs> so that Taurus... like full moon that's happening later, which we'll talk about more in detail, will definitely be a pivotal one for you. And then Detta, what's interesting about yours is Scorpio is in both your first, so that same house as Corey was that house of your body, but it's also ruling your 12th house, which is really that like mysterious Piscean, like all the things you can't control. So it houses a lot of things, like it houses your enemies and establishments like hospitals and like, you know, jails, like just things that are outside of control. I look at it as the house of unknown in a lot of ways, because there's just things that are in it that like you don't know if you'll need a hospital tomorrow. So that that energy in there is actually because what's unknown also is the spirit realm and, and spirit in general. Mm-hmm. So it's a great opportunity because Scorpio, that new moon will be happening in your 12th house to really work on any kind of psychic gifts or divination or anything where you're channeling spirit um, that, that can come through very strong, especially with the solar eclipse in that house. So, yeah. And around Samhain. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Um, and it's really fantastic energy to pull in for for Samhain. I mean, every, I know you guys have done fantastic work talking about Samhain, so I won't get into that. But uh, definitely Scorpio energy, the, being the Scorpio season, it's all part of that story. So it's a really fantastic magical moon for that. Although I don't think it's the most magical day of the year. We'll get, oh, day of the year. Day of the month. We'll get to that later because that's my new thing and it's been fun. But if you do want to work with the Scorpio new moon, right? So Scorpio is a water sign. So consider using water in your magic, whether that be a natural source of water, please do that responsibly, or uh, taking water and collecting it in like a sacred bowl or like a cup or something, um, a a goblet, if you will, uh, and then using the moonlight or rather the no moon because the new moon is not able to be seen, but you can place that moon water underneath that and charge it with new moon energy. You could use a sacred tea or a bath, of course. And then Scorpio's polarity is that yin receptive energy. It's also known to be called feminine or negative energy. I like using yin and yang just because I think it's more nuanced. So think about receiving, like what can you receive? What can you reflect on for this? If you're trying to manifest something, what is it something you can gather in order to, uh, improve your life, however that may look. And some ways that you might want to improve your life that have to do with Scorpio energy are around the subjects of empowerment, um, better sex life, if that's something you're into, feeling more confident in yourself, uh, increasing passion, getting through death or transformation, 
or rebirth or renewal of some kind, working with authority and giving yourself a sense of authority, overcoming endings, guilt, destruction, or exposing secrets. So there's lots of things and options to choose from here. Uh, if you're kind of unsure about what you should do with Scorpio energy. And then of course, you can always look to your house that Scorpio rules and do something around that. So lots of different options here. But I wanted to articulate a little clearer about the Scorpio energy itself, because I think that can be helpful. And the eclipse will be conjunct Venus. So here's Venus again showing up, right? This is bringing into question ideas around our self-worth as well as our relationship. And the big question I want to ask you is what are you attracting into your life right now? Energetically, purposefully, you know, verbally, how are you attracting and what are you attracting? I think it's a really good time to observe that and critique and and improve where possible if you choose to do so. Mercury will also be trying with Mars during this. So use logical steps and curiosity where you can take action around finding useful information that can help improve our lives and still be careful of that Mars square Neptune I was talking about and Saturn square Uranus from the start of the season because they are, (laughs) it's only been two days. They are definitely at play here. So all that stuff around the unsurety of action around lies and deception or a lack of action, just something to keep a new account. And then of course, the struggle between old versus new. So many layers, right? (laughs) So many layers to astrology. So uh, moving on. So on October 27th, I want to bring this up. Jupiter is going to hit 29 degrees Pisces. It's currently in retrograde and will be in retrograde for a while. When Jupiter hits 29 degrees Pisces, this will be a reflection back to earlier this year. So January through approximately May or April, Uh, you may have some stuff come back. But be aware that 29 degrees in any sign is a bit of a crisis because it's at the very last light of that sign. However, Jupiter's moving backwards. So it's been in Aries most of this year, and it's going to revert back into Pisces. So that's why it's bringing back old ideas, old things that we were dealing with last earlier this year and last year. So when it's in Pisces, I kind of consider this a crisis in a subconscious. So you may have some crazy dreams. You may have some signals come in that feel a little jarring and scary. Take note of how that feels in your body. You may be calling into question your belief systems or your view of the world or compassion. Uh, And Pisces things can really feel like you're getting caught in the waves, like you're caught in a current and you can't swim out of it. So it's so important to stay grounded. Uh, This is going to be, like I said, around October 20. 7th through November 12th. It's also a really excellent time to connect with spirit. So just do so in a way that you feel grounded and that you feel safe doing uh, because you don't want things to be taken crazy. What's nice is that we're kind of losing that charging forward of Aries aggression and action right now that Jupiter's been in. So things are going to soften, but sometimes they can soften and get so hazy that things get a lot more confusing. So instead of dealing with the aggression and action, it may feel more like an exhaustion of emotion or our senses. So that's why it's so important again to stay grounded. It may want to make us escape every everything. So watch out for susceptible friends who are like into escaping their reality. Please, 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 please be so careful of overdosing right now. Neptune energy like that really has a way of making things hard to know when you've reached your limits and Jupiter being in Pisces makes it bigger and more you want more and more and more. So please watch out for your susceptible friends and be very responsible during this time. I don't want anyone to get hurt. And we're really not clear of this Jupiter and Pisces energy until December 19th, but it's going to move 
back to a few degrees earlier in Pisces and then go forward into Aries where it will stay once and for all after December 19th. Hey, thank you for saying that and talking about mental health and and the fact that, you know, just acknowledging the fact that people use other substances and it's without shame. Absolutely. So I just really want to say I so appreciate that. Thank you so much. Of course. I am susceptible friends. That's me. <laughs> Yeah, I am susceptible friends. We got to watch out for you. We love you. We got to watch out. We got to watch yeah. out. It's intense time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I'm happy to bring I want to start bringing that more into the conversation, too, just because we do have so much heavy hitting energy. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and I wanted to bring this up as well. Uh, and this is kind of taking a lighter approach to this energy just because I thought it was interesting. I was listening to another fellow astrologer on their podcast talk about Jupiter conjunct Neptune earlier this year, which I talked with you guys at length about. And I mentioned the possibility of like a rise in AI and other stuff like NFTs and kind of thing. But they actually made the brilliant connection of Jupiter plus Neptune is AI art. And the whole conversation around art being generated by artificial intelligence and how that's really shaping what we know to be art right now. I was like, oh my gosh, there it is. Like that's, and yeah. it start. I mean, this was happening in like March period and we've really seen a rise of that this year. But anyway, I wanted to share that because I just thought was, that was so interesting. That was Chris Brennan's podcast, the astrology podcast. So um, yeah. My best friend in the whole world is making some of the most extraordinarily cool shit with ai art stuff like i want my whole life aesthetic to be the stuff that she is making it's so cool that's awesome and i think it brings up a lot of interesting questions like jupiter being our belief systems what do we believe that art is and how it can be created who it should be credited to it's it's a really interesting topic of conversation and that jupiter neptune conjunction well, it happened kind of quickly, honestly. It's, it was one of those like once in every couple hundred years. The last time it happened, it was the 1850s, which is the start of a whole nother artistic revolution, right? So here we are <laughs> in another round of it. And I think, I just thought that was so fascinating. So I wanted to bring up with you guys because we talked about that. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the Mars retrograde. Now, this is something we guys we talked a lot about in your guys' Virgo episode I did with you. So if you want to listen to more of that, please go back and listen. But on October 30th, Mars will turn retrograde. It will be in Gemini. Mars, whenever it goes into retrograde, it spends about eight months in one sign, but typically it moves much quicker through a sign. So there's a lot of Gemini energy here. It will be between 25 all the way back to eight degrees of Gemini. So wherever that is in your chart, that's where you're going to want to look to see where some possible roadblocks, obstacles that you need to overcome, possibly redoing things. Mars is all about action. So about taking reaction to things, uh, going back over, right? It's retrograde. So it's it's <laughs> all the rewords, right? Which we've talked about, I know, at length on this podcast. But the high side of Mars and Gemini, just as a review, is really Gemini being the twins. It's reaching across the aisle. It's gathering all the information. Gemini wants all the info, all the facts, all the topics, all the details, and reaching for all of that information, but objectively looking at it with curiosity and a sort of innocence and trying to see it for the first time versus judging it right up front. Gemini is very black and white in that way, but it, it goes toward life with a curiosity, being adaptable, being quick-witted during this time, being childlike. 
But the low side of Mars and Gemini can be that divisiveness, backstabby, rumor spreading energy, right? Gathering receipts just for the sake of spiting somebody with a flare of revenge or pettiness, uh, flightiness, indecisiveness, going down the rabbit hole of conspiracy and just increasing high anxiety with like a lack of emotion. So this might be something that you feel yourself going into being drawn to. This may be something that you're witnessing around you. Just keep in mind that Mars and Gemini truly at its highest form wants to collaborate and talk together and just share information in an innocent, like happy, joyful way. That's not always possible, obviously. So do the best you can with this. It will be retrograde for a number of months. You know, whenever you can ask yourself, what can you choose to embody when things get a little tense? Because Gemini is high anxiety energy. It's very mental, very stimulated, very excitable, but it is moving retrograde. So there's kind of, again, that two steps forward, one step back frustration, and we will be met with obstacles and roadblocks that we're going to have to continue with. But if you're looking at something in your own life that perhaps you want to get started with, I would, I would say don't, don't try to get started with anything big right now. If you can bear that, I know life happens. So if you need to get started with something because of necessity, go for it. Just make sure you're doing your research, right? Collect more data. Gemini is about knowing all the facts. And if you can wait, use this time to collect more data and get more curious about something, invest further, research further. And the mutable signs will likely be feeling this a lot. So if you have heavy Gemini, Pisces, Virgo, or Sagittarius placements, you're going to feel it probably the most. The traditional ruler of the season is Mars. So it will definitely be affecting everybody no matter what. We may feel very stuck during this time just because Mars is moving backwards. It's hard. It's, it may be hard to feel like we can even break through our obstacles, especially if our emotions and our passion is prone to flare up and we can't think rationally. So it's a better time to test your engine before you launch into space. The test and test and test the, re- the engine, even though a lot of us may feel like we're being demanded to go into space right now. Hold your position, test your engines, wait to go. It's going to feel hard. Like I'm just, and again, I'm being real here, but like it's, it's so important that we can, again, take that step back and think about it from a more strategic, rational point of view. Are we ready for me to jump into this full moon? (laughs) I feel like it's just wave after wave after wave, but here we are. So obviously we're going to have Samhain the day after Mars goes retrograde and Mars being in that stable, like solid place where it's not moving. I say stable, instable place where it's not moving. Samhain might be, I mean, you know, Halloween Samhain may look kind of interesting. So please, again, be so, so careful out there. Uh, Mars energy has the tendency to be aggressive. So watch out for people that are feeling or acting more aggressive, try to take a more rational, like held back stance, connect with universe, connect with spirit. Okay. All to prep us for November 8th, our lunar eclipse at 16 degrees Taurus at 3.02 AM. And wow, I've been hinting all this year that this chart is tough. And now I've taken a good solid look at it. November 8th is a tough chart. And that is, I believe, election day in this country. So, yeah. Um, just so you know what we're looking at, there is a there's an opposition between Sun, Mercury, Venus, and South Node are all sitting together in Scorpio. They will all be opposing the Moon, the North Node, and Uranus. Everybody is square. Yeah, please. 
So all of that energy, all that big opposition between some very heavy hitters and some very personal, you know, intimate placements on the chart, all of that will be squaring Saturn. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) And meanwhile, Jupiter, which is sitting over there at the 29 crisis degree of Pisces, will be squaring Mars. So there's a lot of ew in this chart, and it's a lot of tension. And I think it's no secret that many of us, if not all of us on some level, are feeling that tension now. This hasn't even happened yet. And we know this is a big, big day. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, please get involved. However that looks to you, please make sure you're registered to vote. Please get involved. Please stick up for yourself and have a voice in this. Our souls are going to get riled up. That sun, Mercury, Venus energy, that's our mind. That's what we're attracted to, how we communicate and our soul and our ego feeling like we are staring down this explosive Uranus energy that makes our heart just want to do something, right? There may be huge consequences that are coming out of this, or we may start seeing something that feels like larger than we can comprehend, kind of like we were talking about at the beginning of this. I don't like being doom and gloom. I'm, I'm not that astrologer, but there are a lot of people upset on both sides of the aisle right now. And I think that's undeniable. Um, and everybody in between the aisles, right? We may want to escape this energy and just check out, right? That Neptune uh, energy is going to kind of be telling us like, come just bury your head in the sand where it's safe and warm. Uh, and we may also find that like, no, I want to fight. I want to act out. We want to be heard. We may want to rebel or do something sudden or drastic, or we may just be sitting here as a witness to all of it and be frozen in the headlights. So how do we get through this? Because <laughs> I want to offer some help. The flowing energy in this chart does point to Neptune and the energy of Pisces. Pisces in its highest form is unconditional love and compassion. So if we can extend compassion, connect with spirit, right? Connect with the energies that's larger than ourself, Remember our connection to the universe, to the larger story at play by stepping back and examining that from a separate point of view. Claim your power there and remember that you are capable of changing reality. We're witches. (laughs) We are capable of manifesting a better reality. You have power. Scorpio is all about empowerment. Approach the shame and the guilt and exposed secrets of yourself and of others around you with as much compassion and understanding as that you can. And we will release that tension through that energy. But I know this is very hard to do, especially when we're feeling very impassioned. Please, if you want to escape, I don't blame you. Please do so responsibly and take care of yourself first. Do treat your body, treat yourself with compassion. If you want to fight, which I also don't blame you for, unify with those around you who you trust and do so for the betterment of your community. Show compassion and love toward the community that you are fighting for. Approach each fight and each choice through a lens of love and pure intention. Because I'm going to say this again, we attract what we put into the universe and you are powerful and you are capable of changing your reality. These are no less than faded times, and we have a chance here to make the world what we want to see it. So what are you going to do? I hope you can approach this with love, because again, Pisces is our release point, and that will help us ease that tension and get through it. That was a lot, (laughs) but that day is huge. (laughs) So I just wanted to really clearly put out a message to everybody. Hold on to each other. We're going to get through this together. Let's unify under 
love and wanting to make this world better because that's ultimately what this is all about. Mic drop. (laughs) Yeah, total mic drop. It's so hard. I I fought for seven years with my therapist slash shot woman. And she forever, and especially around 2016, after everything happened, it's really hard to focus on love. But it's true if you so if you don't, then yeah, so I just try to keep writing down every single day what I want from the election and focus on that and focus on love for every community that is being oppressed and for women who for humans who still have wombs, all the all the beings out there who still have wombs, men, women, non-binary. It's terrifying right now. And and to not focus on the terrifying is our challenge, I think, right now. And I, so thank you again. Thank you. Gosh, you are just mic dropping all over the place. I had to come with the power for this episode as much as I could muster because, like I said, I feel like I'm drowning a little bit and everything. So <laughs> it's, it's a crazy mm. time. But I try to, like you said, it's like write down what it is, put into words what it is that we are trying to bring in, trying to attract. And again, we do so much of this because we love our communities that we connect to. We love our, you know, joys and our, and our gratitudes in life. And we want those to continue. We want our freedoms to continue. So how can we go about this trying to increase and attract that, which we love in the face of so much destruction and anger like that is, and it's so hard to do. I I do not say any of this lightly. And that's why I was also like, if you want to escape, I don't blame you. So just take care of yourself and show at least start with showing yourself love. Like, and again, that feels so cheesy to say, but Venus here is such an important part of this where it is like taking care of yourself and knowing that you are worth it and you are worth the best and the happiest. You deserve to be happy. I think I've said this multiple times on this podcast, but like truly you deserve happiness. So treat yourself of that. (laughs) So the days following November 8th will be pretty tense. Um, I mean, really a lot of the energy doesn't dissipate because these are slower moving planets on our respects. However, We do have a nice respite for our most magical day of the season that this is just my opinion. So if you have other opinions, if you're an astrologer listening, that's perfectly fine. But November 13th, that evening into November 14th, is a really beautiful grand water trine. We have the moon applying into a grand water trine with the nodes, the sun and Jupiter. So this is the moon in Cancer in a lovely aspect to Jupiter over there in Pisces and the sun down in Scorpio and the nodes with being in Scorpio. And then it's in a really lovely aspect up to the Taurus uh, North node. So, oh, and then Pluto is going to be sextile Jupiter as well. So it's not a perfect chart. There's some other tougher aspects, but there's some of the longer lasting ones that you've already been dealing with. But that grand water trine is such a time to release, to reflect, to escape if you'd like to and step back and just like take that time for yourself to do some magic. I mean, to connect with spirit that moon in cancer really wants to feel cared and nurtured and, um, wants to connect with divine feminine energy with the moon's energy. This is why I was saying 
focus on the moon where you can and work with the moon as much as possible. Connecting with spirit, a great time to do any kind of divination or psychic work. Try a different psychic skill if that's if there's something that interests you. If you've never tried scrying before, maybe give that a shot. But that water grand trine is a lot of flowing energy. So that might feel a lot like again that's that watery oceanic like getting hit by waves energy but you have so much magical potential in that so if you can use it for your own flowing of whatever it be whether it be love or messages from beyond or great ideas inspiration you can harness that flowing as well so yeah, November 13th, that evening into November 14th, the early hours in the morning is really beautiful. And thankfully, uh, about 10 days later on November 23rd, uh, when Sagittarius season starts, Jupiter will be turning direct, ah, which is so nice because Jupiter is the mm. next season's planetary ruler. So it will be moving direct. And overall, that's a pretty nice day as well. Uh, we have Mars back into its trine with Saturn. So that's putting our actions and our ideas back <coughs> into like a practical form. And we have a nice moon sun trine with Jupiter and Neptune together that Pisces Sagittarius will be playing nicely. So it does kind of end on a more harmonious note. I think things, I don't want to say they're going to settle because I don't think anything's really going to settle through the eclipse season, but we may start being open to and feeling a more flowing of energy that is helping us find hope, helping us find a direction forward, or perhaps just a retreat and a rest from everything going on. It's a very intense season. (laughs) We had a lot of transits in there that were heavy hitters. And I just more than anything want you all to... Have a a wonderful season, a wonderful Samhain. This is a deep time of year and you can, you can make of it what you will. So yeah. And I do think with Neptune at play, be really, really clear with yourself. If you're going to do shadow work, it can feel like you're going into the deep, darky, murky waters and there's no way out. And Neptune's going to make that a little difficult. So as much as yes, Samhain is the time for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I would say with this season in particular, just be very mindful of yeah. searching for clarity and groundedness. Yeah. Or maybe that's better for ancestor work then mm-hmm. because Neptune's in play. Certainly. But yeah. Whatever it is, it sounds like it's going to be deep and meaningful and revelatory in a way that it, I mean, I think it always is this season or actually for many of us, Lots of times of the year, but this one just has that concentrated oomph in it. There's a magic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe ancestors better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also glad you mentioned ancestry work because that, that trine, that grand water trine on the November 13th, that cancer moon, that's all about like going back into history and lineage. And so wonderful opportunity to work with ancestors and legacy and anything that you want to just connect to on a bigger or meaningful level that is like in your history or past life or any of that kind of stuff. Great opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a big one, it's folks. It's been an intense, you know, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. But that's it. That's all she wrote, folks. <laughs> Conowin, thank you so much for this and for, for the heads up and the reminder about shadow work. Uh, I feel in a really good place right now. So I think I'm going to be doing some shadow work around the uh, 
community stuff, healing stuff. And if you're not, listen to Kanawan. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. And definitely some ancestor work, which I always do this time of year. I love that. And I love oh, yeah. that the planets are extra special. I just have to revisit what we said earlier. So I tried to find your 25th so uh, the of October date. And instead, I found on We Moon, it says it's the 21st of October. And there's an Irish one that says it's the 6th of November. And it's just like all over the place. So I'm just like, what? So I'd wow. love to hear your Scottish. So I just wonder if these are different traditions that calculate it in a different way. And that's got me all curious. Anyway, so thank you for that, too, because I'm yeah. going down that rabbit hole. We love that, Mars and Gemini being curious. Yes, go investigate. <laughs> That's the high side. Yeah. Let's learn more together. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being here. And hey, everybody, until next time, be well, act with intention, and don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.